Hey, greetings, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Staredown. It's our weekly sports talk and real estate podcast with a bunch of sports and just a little bit of real estate thrown at the end. I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio, joined by Bill Risser in St. Petersburg, Florida, Todd Meininger in Cumming, Georgia, and welcome back, Shay Brewer out in the Pacific Northwest in Portland, Oregon. Let's start with you, Shay. Long time no see, buddy. How are you? Welcome back to the show. Guys, it's so good to be back. I, I tell you guys, man, I miss you guys. I miss talking sports with you guys. Um, I miss learning from you guys, man. You guys are uh, a wealth of knowledge over there. Um, but I still, I'm still able to listen to the podcast. Uh, we're covering all platforms now, right, Bill? I think I found it just about everywhere. Not oh yeah. Overcast. Oh, it's everywhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's everywhere. So, so Shay Phillison, you've been to. Uh, you were home. You you were in Atlanta. You were in Louisville, Kentucky, for the Kentucky Derby. You, uh, I believe, have been back in Portland for a while, but you've been doing some stuff around the Pacific Northwest. Just give, just give the listeners just a quick recap of, of uh, where in the world has Shea Brewer been? <laughs> well, wait, well, you forgot the Indy, Indy 500 in the, the French Open. <laughs> well, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> and the spelling bee. I saw him in the spelling bee. <laughs> That's right. He was number nine, but they, they, he was too old. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> no, guys, yeah, I, uh, I did a little traveling. Uh, I guess it's been almost a month. Geez, since I've spoke with you guys. Yeah, I went back home to Atlanta, was able to see some family and catch up. Um, went to the Kentucky Derby or the fiasco that was the Rain Fest, aka the Kentucky Derby. Uh, <laughs> um, since Derby, I, uh, I, I come back to Portland, uh, finished up with the playoffs. You know, the Blazers had a great run there. So we finished up there, uh, enjoying those guys. Um, my girlfriend actually moved to Portland, so we're able to, uh, get her settled in as well. And then just been kind of going, just been kind of busy, man. The weather's finally starting to get nice in the Northwest. It's, it's a dream. And, and I don't want to tell, I don't want to tell all the listeners and let the secret out of the bag, but the three months that are summer in the Northwest are absolutely amazing. There's, mm-hmm. it, it's like San Diego, Bill. It's like right. 78 degrees outside. Right. There's no humidity. Right. Everyone's on the river. There's festivals and parades every day. Like it is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. And, and now, now that your girlfriend's there, they, they call your neighborhood Shana town, right? Uh, Shay squared. So- <laughs> Shay squared. <laughs> nice. She, nice. She, did you come from Atlanta, Shay? She did move from Atlanta. So uh, yeah. I, it, for those of you who don't know, my, my name is Shay. I spell it C-H-E. And my girlfriend's name is Shayna. She spells it C-H-E-I-N-A. And so we just go by Shay squared. That's awesome. <laughs> and you call your house Shay Shay, right? Ah. Is there- <laughs> two Shay. Oh, <laughs> is her Twitter feed Y2 Shay squared? No. <laughs> we need to and, stop. We can keep yes. going. We need to stop. <laughs> if, if, if lightning hits their shed, she has a Shay shed. Shay, oh, Shay, Shay, Shay. Not a she shed. She got a shay shed. Okay, I got you. I got you. I like it. So, Shay, let's rewind a little bit because we were we were all living vicariously through some of your Instagram pictures. Uh, just give us a couple little nuggets from the Derby. You were at some swanky parties. You got to see some celebs. Uh, you and your friends all looked just unbelievably decked out in your in your fancy attire. Not just on Saturday, but on Friday night as well. So, just can you can you hit us to a little bit of the behind the scenes of the Kentucky Derby. Okay. So for uh, just to let you guys know, the Kentucky Derby, in my opinion, is the absolute best adult party I've ever been to. In my life. <laughs> <laughs> it is an ab- It is a week of partying. It starts on Wednesday. Um, and they're just it, every night there are multiple, whether it be galas or just nice dinners or really fancy parties. It's not just like a club type of thing. It's more like an old school cotton club type of thing. Mm. So <laughs> Um, yeah, so I was able to go, uh, I got in on Wednesday night and we went to a, we went to a gala who was actually featuring Babyface as a musical performance. And, uh, I, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a little R and B head. So I like, uh, I like a little baby face every now and again. Uh, I was able to go out on Thursday and, uh, hit the Kentucky bourbon trail and, uh, stopped at a few, uh, few distilleries there, Buffalo Trace, uh, Maker's Mark. Uh, Woodford, just just check out a little bourbon, get a little, get a little, uh, become the flavor the, of the my surroundings, right? There. Yeah, and um, and then Friday night, um, one of the best parties ever. If, if anybody ever gets their hands or gets an opportunity to go, it's called Phillies and Furs, hmm. Philly, or excuse me, Phillies and Stallions, Phillies and Stallions. It's an invite only party uh, sponsored by Tito's and uh, Tito's and Woodford. Crazy party. Absolutely crazy party. So I'm there on Friday night. And just to give you guys a 
all the drinks are included. Everything's fun. Just uh, DJs from all over the place. Crazy time. But they have kind of sections or like uh, private like couches or tables as you would inside the party. And at this point, it's no point in having a table except for somewhere to sit down. So in a section, just one section, you've got Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Baker hmm. Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, all in the same exact section. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. And Shay, was, was Baker was Baker Mayfield taking notes? Was he just just <laughs> sitting there? Just to be in the presence of Baker, he was talking a lot, right? <laughs> he was sitting. He's. But yeah, so just I mean, it, it was completely star studded. But just to give you an idea of how uh, elite the party was, I um I saw former Kentucky basketball players Kevin Knox, who uh, plays mm-hmm. for the New York Knicks right now, as well as um. Jeez, his name just slips me. Um, from the Oklahoma City uh, Thunder, Nerlens Noel, huh. who was the number one, oh. or who was the first round pick in the draft, and they're not even able to get a section. And you see, you've got all these quarterbacks sharing one section, just to give you an idea of the type of star power that was at this party. Wow, that's cool. That's awesome. that's super cool. And and what was where were you at when the race happened? I was actually in the race, so I went to the Oaks on Friday, and I was also there on Saturday. Um, it was it was kind of an eerie feeling. So. For once, I would have rather been at home watching the race on television because when you're in the track, when you're at the track, you have no idea what's going on. So we see the race and everyone's celebrating, everyone's cheering, and then you see a crowd of people going to the window and they're waiting to cash their tickets, but but Churchill Downs won't cash any tickets because it hasn't become, the results haven't become official. And all we know is the results haven't become official and there's been an objection. We don't know what the objection is. There's no sound. There's no audio. And we're just looking at replays of the race on screens, but we have no idea what's going on. And so all of a sudden you hear a big sigh and people start to get out of line from cashing their tickets. And we're still clueless. We're having to go on Twitter and everywhere else trying to figure out what's going on with the race and why these people aren't cashing tickets. So I didn't find out exactly what happened until almost 45 minutes after the race was over. You know, and typically you, you've been uh, a few races in your day, right, Shay? Typically, it's a three to five minute wait or four. It's it's a little bit of time. They kind of a, before the official numbers go on the big board that you can see. Mm-hmm. But so you, see, you have a little wait. That's no big deal. But boy, once you hit that six, seven, eight minute mark, it's like what the hell, right? That's, and that's it was. Awesome. I mean, it was. It was almost thirty minutes. I'm not yeah, sure the exact crazy. time, but it that's was pretty crazy. close to thirty minutes. Yeah, everyone's just standing around. And yeah. if you guys, I mean. <laughs> Between the Derby and the next race, so there's 13 races on Derby Day, and the Derby is race 11. So there's two more races after the Derby. And their schedule, they're pretty a tight schedule, so they're scheduled to run about 45 minutes after the main race. So it just delays the rest of the day because of the objection there. Yeah, Yeah, and that's got to throw those horses off in the races 12 and 13, right? Because, you know, you prep them to, to, to post at a certain time. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting, and not to mention it was you know raining for the last hour and a half, just <laughs> straight downpour. That has something to do with it too. That's got to suck when you're all dressed up too, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for thanks for filling us in on that. Let's let's jump into it. We always try and start with with championships as they happen. So, Todd, let's turn to you. A uh, big one happened to to ye- happened yesterday. I know that had your attention, and that was the uh, Champions Cup, uh, Liverpool versus Tottenham. Uh, Maybe not as good of a game as the semifinals to get into that cup, but a, a cup nonetheless. So why don't you fill us in on what happened with the Liverpool lads? Yeah, so for the sixth time um, in their history, uh, Liverpool is champions of Europe, right? The UEFA League Champions League uh, champion. So um, big deal. We've talked a little about this uh, in the past weeks. Uh, hoisting the trophy is a big deal. Um, and so Liverpool was able to broke a little bit of a drought. Um, they haven't won the champions league in I believe 14 years. Um, and I'm not sure how long it's been, it's been years since they've, they've won any, any tournaments or, or titles. So huge day, uh, in Liverpool, Sean, you alluded to it being a little bit of a letdown. We were talking before it was kind of like, uh, it felt like a little bit of a super bowl in that, um, sometimes the games aren't always, um, built up to the hype or, or, or good, but soccer's a little different. It's kind of like baseball. Um, for the casual fans, uh, it might appear boring, but um, it, it was really an interesting game. So, and where so, was the game held at, Todd? It was in Madrid. It was in Madrid. Okay, so Madrid nineteen, and uh, both both fans, um, you know, were, were there uh, in good voice. Um, but the game was really interesting. So, 
25 seconds in, 25 seconds in, there was a handball inside the penalty box um, by Tottenham. Uh, so basically Liverpool was awarded the handball after, you know, setting everything up at the two minute mark. Um, Mo Salah uh, connected and delivered. So Liverpool was up one, nothing, two minutes and 25 seconds into the game. Um, I think it was the correct call. Um, his hand was kind of in a natural position, certainly bad luck. It, it hit the defender's hip and then ricocheted off and, and hit his hand. Um, so what, 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 what that did is that changed the entire, um, the entire game because Liverpool was up one, nothing. Um, they didn't necessarily have to attack, uh, as hard as maybe they would, uh, if they were, uh, level or, or, or down one. So, um, after that, Tottenham pretty much, I want to say they dominated the first half for sure. They had, they had more chances, uh, better runs. Um, but uh, second half was much better played, a little more lively on both sides, and Liverpool ended up scoring. Um, I believe it was on a set piece, a corner kick. The ball got kind of rattled around. And then uh, Origi uh, hit, hit it in, um, I want to say in the 80th minute, somewhere around there. So 85th minute maybe. So it was pretty much sealed up. So, again, Liverpool champions of Europe uh, with their, their sixth uh, Champions League uh, trophy. So, Todd, much like the Super Bowl uh, moves around different cities to city, this moves around, and so does do, – do people buy tickets for the, the cup regardless of who's there? And then, obviously, then the, the two teams that are in it get an allotment of tickets? Or, Bill, I see you nodding your head. Yeah, is that, is that, that I, I, met, yeah, I imagine if, the, if you live in Madrid, you were going regardless. I'm sure there's some, some diehard soccer fans with enough money. that, But, yeah, the, the Liverpool and, and Tottenham – um, faithful definitely filled the stadium up. Um, yeah, they, they, def- they, they definitely get a 50, 50, so. Yeah, they get a percentage of the tickets, and then uh, I'm sure based on season ticket holder seniority, they start distributing those things out to their people. So that's cool. Very yeah, cool. yeah. But uh, and I think I, I took a video and I sent to you guys um, what I love about sports, and I think what you guys love about sports is, I mean, it means so much to these guys. I mean, host hoisting that trophy, those guys were dancing, and then afterwards they have some, you know. Some some iPhones catching uh, Jordan Henderson, the the team captain, hugging his dad and just crying his eyes out. Um, you know, just those guys. It means so much. Um, and there's no guarantees. We talked about it. Only one team gets to to hoist the trophy. So you try to not uh, uh, put all your happiness and definition of success of winning. But boy, when it when you do it, it, it sure means a lot. So um, I'm a Liverpool uh, a backer. So it was very fun for me. Um, last year they lost to to Roma in the finals um, on some pretty bad goalkeeping um, by a gentleman. His last name's Karras. And again, the, one of the beauties of social media, he tweeted out after the game. So glad to see, you know, my former club and all the lads hoist the trophy. So pretty, pretty classy move on his part. Cause um, a lot of them blamed him for last, last year, even though we know one player doesn't lose it, but the goalie's a pretty high profile position. So. Awesome. Well, let's uh, let's jump to um, to another championship that was passed out today, Bill. That was the Muirfield Village Memorial Tournament trophy. Um, some pretty big names in Jack's tournament, as there always is. Great course, set up very much a great prep for the U.S. Open. And young Patrick Cantlay wins his second tour event. Um, kind of neat that he was a former Nicholas Award winner uh, in college, his UCLA days. And Nicholas kind of, if you watch Saturday's early coverage, Nicholas kind of said, watch for Patrick Cantlay. I think this kid's going to break out one of these days. Yeah. And sure, sure, sure enough today, he, he dropped a 64, uh, the best round of the day by two uh, on the field, came back from four strokes to, to defeat Martin Keimer and Adam Scott. Um, some pretty good golf on the back nine there. Yeah, a lot of fun to watch. Um, a lot of good golf on the front nine too. Earlier in the day, <laughs> but, yeah. but but much like uh, a Saturday, Tiger, you know, kind of couldn't keep the momentum going, right? Um, oh yeah, too, too many mistakes, too many doubles, all that good stuff. But it was it's it's just a, it's you know it's great for the game to have them out there. But yeah, I tell you what, um, I thought Keimer would would be able to kind of um, bring this home. I felt that way at the beginning. He felt like he was yeah. really in control. Uh, but it just took a, you know, a mistake here, a mistake there, and Cantley just kept plugging away. And yeah, sixty four on a Sunday at Memorial. Mm. Come on, that yeah. the Memorial, yeah. So that's pretty cool. <clears throat> so Sean, I actually, uh, <laughs> I actually watched the press conference, uh, Patrick Cantley, and because Jack was there, and it was twenty five minutes long, and I'm like, I'll just watch it. And I was fascinated. Um, it, it was pretty cool. So apparently, Keimer had two mistakes, one on nine and one on fifteen. Yep, mm-hmm. that pretty much cost him the tournament. Um, Jack said that, go ahead. 
Well, both of them were caused by wayward tee shots to the right, and he got caught in such deep rough on both of them. He, he had to kind of almost play up the left side because trees and, and just where he was, he was going. Um, and he just, he couldn't execute those shots. You know, he, he probably had like a, as Bill knows, probably like a sliver that he mm. perfect shot would have been, would have been, you know, a C plus and he couldn't do that, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he also said Adam Scott played well enough to win, but someone else shot a 64. That's what Jack said. <laughs> right. Adam Scott. Yeah. He said, you know, Martin will, will look back and say, yeah, I made a couple of mistakes. We said, I didn't play great. But um, Patrick Cantlay, he, uh, uh, I guess in 2017, spent 90 minutes with Jack. Uh, they had lunch together and he just picked his brain and he said that helped a lot. Um, I didn't know any of this. Yeah. He, he was out for three years with back problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of his childhood friends um, died. Right. So he's, he, he's kind of known as a real kind of somber, serious guy. And Jack's advice to him yesterday, he said, enjoy the moment, have fun. And Jack said when Patrick hit his uh, putt in on 15, I guess it was birdie, I assume. And he walked off and he looked at Jack and smiled. And Jack goes, I knew he was having fun. So I knew he was in in good shape. So, I mean, geeking out a little bit, but watch that press conference. You get such uh, good behind the scenes kind of back and forth of of what's going on. So, Um, but Bill, I saw a tiger yesterday. How many putts did he lip out? A lot. Yeah. Big round. round. Yeah. Uh, I think it, it just bodes well for what's coming. Right. So, well, the, the knock on the PGA was he didn't play between masters and PGA. So if you're a tiger guy, you're glad he has this tournament under his belt before next week. Right. Right. It'll be fun to watch. Not moving ahead on you, Sean, but um, with the uh, Canadian open next week, the RBC, right. That's going to, and all the guys are coming out, you know, DJ Kepka, right. That's going to be fun to see all those guys playing again all together. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, you look at some of the names that missed the cut, uh, you know, uh, Mickelson, Rory, Cooch. I mean, just, it was just a lot of, uh, you know, and once again, this course, um, as you can see on TV, Bill, from the blimp shots, as it's just in immaculate condition, but the rough, I mean, you could, you could tell, especially from the overhead shots, just how thick the rough was. And when they would hit it in the patrons and they would, you know, have to move aside, you could see how matted down it was. Yeah. But some of those ones, I mean, gosh, Keimer must have had three or four shots. The, the greens, it was, it's so uh, wet up here. The guys were throwing darts on Tuesday, on Thursday and Friday, and then it dried out a little bit over the weekend, and a lot of wind. And so the, these guys were rolling just through the green into that just thick, ankle-deep rough. And you could see that Keimer had a couple where he literally hit the ball maybe 12 to 18 inches, and it rolled, you know, 60, uh, 60 feet down to the hole. That's um, that's one area where uh, the course is not like Augusta because <laughs> right. Augusta is known for really a lack of rough. Um, right. They let, they let the greens and the complexes do all that other work. Uh, but, but, and, but because of the weather, I'm sure that rough was a little bit gnarlier than it normally would have been. Right. It was. Yeah, yeah. So. It, it was. And so that's why they didn't have the greens at 13. They just had them at, you know, 11 and a half. Oh, good. Um, yeah. 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 You know, it's yeah, just easy. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> easy. For those guys. But you know, you, you know, talking about Tiger, I mean, you know, he, he, he did what he had to do. He just, once again, couldn't sustain it through the back nine. You know, he, he, on Saturday, he hit the lip of the bunker and rolled back into his footprint. Um, and he had to basically play out, made a double there. Um, and then, and then today, you know, it's funny, Nick, Nick Faldo, I think hit it on the head. He says, you know, Tiger's won here five times. He obviously loves the course and four, 14 as dramatic as it is. He continuously hits his wedge over the green on that. That's crazy. Hole. Yeah. Um, and you know, I guess you just can't count on chipping it in like the magical one he did at his first win, yeah. right? That yeah. Ryan talks about. But Patrick Cantlay, I, I said to you guys on text, uh, and for someone like Shay, who's just kind of a a, a sideline fan of the PGA Tour, Pat, Patrick Cantlay is the name you're going to see, I think, you know, in there with Spieth and JT on the Ryder Cup teams and the President's Cup teams for many, many years to come. Yeah. You know what his world ranking is, Sean? Uh, it probably went up quite a bit today. <laughs> He's eighth. Yeah. Is he really? Yeah, yeah. a lot, lot higher than, uh, than I thought, you know? Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's good, good, good fun tournament. Always fun to see. Uh, it was nice, nice that my kids got to go, go out there and watch. And uh, uh, Riley got – or Rhonda got a chance, uh, Bill, to see the, uh, the Tiger. Uh, they sat on hole number nine, uh, which he hit down over the water there to the – and so yeah. they sat. And she said, oh, my God, when we knew he was coming, he wasn't even – he was three groups away, but you saw her seeing people come over the hill. <laughs> yeah. And, and they, you know, and, and – yeah. And, yeah, so it's kind of fun. 
Got so, to, yeah, I got to see that up in New York. It's, it, is, it is crazy, especially around that 15, 16, 17. It's just a swarm of people out of nowhere. You know, just yeah. yeah. We're going to hit NBA last, guys, because we're, we're, we're in the middle of game two right now. So we'll, we'll probably hit during the uh, right about the halftime break, uh, and we'll really get Shay's insights on, on what got us to here and what we, what we expect to see in the next couple games. But uh, let's, let's quickly hit on hockey. Uh, Bill, I think we mentioned last week, not, none of us really have a, a dog in a fight. And it's just, uh, boy, it went back one more. <laughs> oh, I have. I have an anti-dog <laughs> in the fight. There's a dog in the fight, yeah. <laughs> Don't let Boston win another championship this year, please. Right. But Boston is leading 2-1 to one after a big 7 Go back to yeah. St. Louis. St. Louis's first Stanley Cup game in St. Louis in 50 years. And, boy, they just got woodshedded in that first period. Um, the rookie goalie, Bennington. Yeah. First time he couldn't finish a game, right? He got pulled. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. First time he got finished, right? Our first time he got pulled, he couldn't finish a game. Uh, and he finished every game he started this year. So let's see how that goes. Hopefully uh, if he can, he can uh, battle back for game four. Is it tomorrow, tomorrow night actually? So. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Tomorrow. Yep. Are you there, Sean? Yeah. Back in. Good. All right. Cool. So, uh, guys, you know, guys on this, on this hockey game, on this game two of the hockey game, I'm normally a fan of scoring points, scoring goals, hockey, soccer, basketball. You know, the the common fan or the casual fan wants to see scoring. But was it just me or did it seem kind of off because there were so many goals scored early yeah. in that game yesterday? It just yeah. seemed off. Yeah. When when you go four for four on the power play, uh, yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> so yeah. they, they just couldn't stop them. Yeah. I mean, but it, it, when you get it, when you're down three nothing in the first period, Sean, you think the series is over, don't you? I'm sorry. Well, I, I, mean, you think, I killed you think, myself on lightning. There. Oh, man. Yeah, but I'm um, <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. I think the game is over. It's hard to come <laughs> yeah. back. Hey, Sean, you're, you're probably more of a hockey fan than, than any of us, and Bill probably second. But um, I almost compared to baseball. But baseball, there's nine innings, right? But hockey, having the three periods, it does seem that goals come in bunches for whatever reason. Um, you could have, you know, quarters where there's five goals, goals scored and then – you know, they don't score any. So I kind of know what Shay's talking about early on. You know, if you would have gone to and got a sandwich and came back, it was, you know, three, nothing with nine minutes left in the, in the first, it, it, it did seem weird, but I just feel like hockey is one of those sports that it can, it can go quick. It can go quick scoring can anyway. So I'm sure, I'm sure you've been there. There's, there's, there's been games you show up for and you're, you're just getting to the arena. You grab a quick beer and you hear the horn go off yeah. and you miss the goal and it ends up one, nothing. And it's like, oh, shit. That's the whole, that's the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> I missed everything. And that can happen in, in, in soccer, too. So yeah. we'll see. They, they play tomorrow night, and now we should see a little more. Um, St. Louis needs to win tomorrow night to ensure they come back an, another game. Yeah, they've got to. I mean, they can't go down 3-1. We, I guess no one can go down 3-1 in any uh, best-of-seven series anywhere ever. Makes it but tough. But especially sure. the Blues. <laughs> uh, Bill, you want to hit on Major League Baseball? Yeah. Um, I, you know, for me, everything's kind of local because the Rays are still the Rays. However, man, they ran into a buzzsaw on the Twins, a four-game series. They, uh, they won the first game and lost the next three. So they're still, I think they're two and a half, three out maybe behind the Yankees. Twin, twins, best team in the American League. Yeah, best, uh, best, and, best record in baseball. Oh, they're only a game behind the Dodgers. Dodgers 41 okay. wins, uh, right. Minnesota. But listen to this. Uh, Yankees uh, lead the East by three. Houston leads the West by eight. Minnesota leads the Central by 11 and a half. Yeah, that's – Well, I mean – What's up with Cleveland? They're, I don't know, man. They're just getting boat, getting <laughs> yeah. boat raced. I mean, yeah. and then in the, in the National, uh, Phillies just a game up on the, in, the, in the East. Uh, Milwaukee, game and a half. Uh, them and the Cubs are just kind of jockeying back and forth on that. And then Dodgers, nine games in the West. Wow. Mm. Interesting, interesting trade today in Major League Baseball. Jay Bruce uh, leaving the Mariners, going to the Phillies. Saw that. So the Phillies have all that talent. <laughs> they pick up Segura and Harper and all a lot of left-handed guys. bats too. I know. And now they get another, you know, kind of a bomber in there. So we'll see what's, how that's going to go. Jay Bruce that. has that big long swing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You had him in Cincinnati for a while, right? Yep. Yeah. So you know yeah. all about him. And I believe you played in Cleveland for a while. Oh, you're probably right. It's kind of, kind of a been, around, been around a little bit. Yeah. I'll that's tell cool. you guys what though, being in the Northwest, I'll tell you Jay Bruce is a shell of himself this year though. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Maybe he gets, he's got to get back to the national league. Maybe that's the thought. Change of scenery kind of a change thing. of scenery. Yeah. yeah. Hey Sean, three words for you. Uh-oh. Austin Riley, Austin <laughs> Riley, Austin Riley. That's six words. Come on. Oh, never mind. Dude is raking, right? He's, yeah. he's the fourth player in major league baseball history to have eight home runs in his first 16 games. Put him in the hall of fame right now. Put him in the hall of fame well, right now. Yeah. Hey, 
that, that's the problem, right? He's got to stand the test of time. But what a great, what a fantastic start. Isn't that amazing when you hear stats like that and you start thinking like – Of all the players only, that come through. Only right? four players, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he seems to – his demeanor seems great. Uh, he seems genuine, humble. Um, doesn't seem like he's putting it on. You know, some people seem humble, but you're like – it seems like a put on. He seems like just a genuinely – pretty good guy so uh so far so good right listen these things happen these rookie year things happen with a lot some players they come up and they just kind of catch your eye i i was talking to a guy on the golf course the other day you know i still remember 1980 fall of 1985 you know roger clemens goes 20 and 0 to start his his major league career i mean it's mm. just you know and, and i if i found my old uh date book i could still see like i would write clemens wins eighth game you know clemens wins clemens goes to nine and zero. clemens goes to ten and oh it was just a fun run yeah, that was Fernando, Fernando Valenzuela for me. I'm a little older. Yeah, right. Yeah. Hey, serious question, Bill. Is Clemens in the Hall of Fame? Well, if if uh, if McGuire and Bonds go in, then Clemens goes in. So you once, once they, that, right? Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Oh, he's not in the Hall of Fame right now, but we know <laughs> yeah, why because he lied about cheating, and all of them <laughs> lied about cheating. And so once we get over that, I think eventually they'll all get in. I think. Um, I, I do believe that. I think they'll all get in. But when but, Pete Rose dies, do you think all those guys will get in? You want to. You want to hear. You want to hear a, a, <laughs> so Clements. Clements throws twenty Ks. Um, trying to remember what it's the Mariners. Twice. Right? Yeah, the Mariners. So yeah. he he his next game he pitches in is in Anaheim. So Doofus Risser drives up to Anaheim with the cover of the Sports Illustrated, the Sports Illustrated that shows the twenty Ks, uh, trying to get Roger Clemens to sign it in the bullpen. <laughs> but it was on the night he was pitching. You think? Clemens signed my Sports Illustrated. <laughs> Didn't even freaking look my way. It was great. So yeah, this is a before I was working for the Padres. This is like early '80s. So yeah, it was a didn't, didn't carry wood of the Cubs. He tied that mark of twenty, and uh, he just he quick, right? Well, he was a great pitcher, but injuries, right? I mean, those yeah, it didn't last too long. Yeah, I think I think four pitchers have done it: uh, Johnson, uh, yeah. Carlton, yeah, uh, is that Randy Johnson. Randy? I'll tell you. Yeah. I'll tell you the, the, the let's one thing we haven't talked about in baseball in a long time is uh, the fact that there are so many guys that throw so hard, but nobody's going the innings that the guys did 15, 20 years oh, ago. Yeah, right? close, so yeah. All you got to be able to do is throw a hard five or six. And if you're a reliever, just throw a hard 12 pitches, whatever <laughs> it is. Right. And there, there, you know, you got, I mean, uh, the, what's it Hicks? You know, the kid with us, the Cardinals throwing 104. Are you mm. kidding me? You know, uh, and all they got to do is come in and throw on our openers little situation here in Tampa Bay spread across the league. There's other teams now that are throwing a, someone from the bullpen for the first inning, another guy for the next inning. Then they call it the bulk innings going to, you know, what would have been a fourth or fifth starter. So I think that, you know, makes it so much more difficult to hit, I think. But then yet again, they hit more home runs this last month than any month in the history of baseball. I wish we could get him on the phone. My dad tells me that he's a kid. He remembers – Either go into a doubleheader or or, or 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 watching or listening to it, but the same pitcher pitched both games. Was it Johnny Vandermeer? I, it might be. Well, he, had back to back, he had back to back no hitters, but there was somebody who got some starting pitcher that got the win in both doubleheaders. They'd have a twenty night wow, doubleheader. Really? He, yeah. he pitched. He pitched all. It was crazy. This is a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Changed a bit, eh? Yeah, just a bit. Just a bit. Not now, uh, not, now you only see that in women's softball, where the same pitcher pitches again. Nice again. segue, Sean. Oh, nice segue. <laughs> nice segue to the NCAA, which you know I think uh, you guys have some vested interest in. Yeah, not anymore. Gators not anymore. are softball oh, went out today. Softball and baseball both went out. Yeah. Oh, oh, did baseball go out too? Baseball was uh, up two nothing, I believe. They were. Uh, they I, last time I looked, they were down nine to six to Dallas Baptist. Um, oh, so they'll be Who? out. Yeah, exactly. So they lost to Dallas Baptist twice. Yes, wow. yes. Woo. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, that's that'll lead the resume right there, right? That will lead the resume. Yep. Time to go back and and, and uh, get ready for fo- football season on that one, right? <laughs> and then uh, softball <laughs> lost to Alabama fifteen to one today. They got mercy. Or was it fifteen to three? Yeah, fifteen. Yeah, they got mercy ruled, which is never good. Yeah, especially yeah. to a rival. But um, let's talk NBA. Uh, we are in the midst of game two right now, north of the border, up in Toronto. Um, Toronto is up 11, maybe 13 right now. Um, so long, long time to go, but Shay, let's, let's turn to you. Uh, someone who, who lives, eats, sleeps and breathes, uh, NBA. Um, uh, let's talk about what got us to here. All right. We, we saw your, uh, your, your team from Portland, uh, get swept by golden state, uh, a, a incredible fun, fun run. The, the, the series against Denver, 
uh, was a lot of fun. I think you, uh, last we talked to you, it was maybe the first or second game of that series, uh, but that one went seven. Big, big win in Denver uh, for, the, for the guys. What was the vibe there in, in Rip City um, coming out of that series? I, it, it was a lot of excitement um, for the first time since 1990, 1991. Um, the Blazers actually reached the Western Conference Finals. And I've been pretty candid on this podcast before about, um, you know, just kind of the the letdown that is once the Blazers make the playoffs, they're just accustomed – the people around here are accustomed to uh, the guys going down in the first round. Um, so you make it out of the first round, then you make it out of the second round, and then everyone's kind of whispering, like, could this be maybe possibly – and so – but there's a lot of excitement about it. Um, but then, you know, we've seen the show before we've seen golden state and, you know, this is a team that set the NBA record for wins just two seasons ago at 73 wins. So we know how dangerous this team is, but then even throughout the series, the Blazers are game one, the Blazers are up by five game two, the Blazers are up by 17 game three, we're up by 18 game four, we're up by 17 and somehow find a way to squander away those double digit leads game after game after game. But what a lot of people don't realize is after the Denver series, the guys never came home. The Denver series went seven games. They flew from Denver directly to the Bay Area to Oakland. Oh, wow. And they went straight into those two games on the road against Oakland. And so you got to remember a Denver, a very competitive seven-game series against Denver that included a four-overtime game. Mm -hmm. These guys are exhausted. And so they come home, and then you get one night to rest in your own bed. Then you've got to go back and play a pivotal game three. And then you squander an 18-point lead in game three. And then you got to come back game four and play it again. You know, an elimination game? That's, that's a lot to ask on anyone. Not to mention, no excuses here at all. But there's altitude in Denver. It's not the easiest place to fly to and play games, especially back-to-back games. But, the I mean, the Warriors are the Warriors. They are where they are right now. And, um it's going to be very interesting to see how this series plays out with Toronto, especially after Toronto taking care of business and winning game one at home. Um, looks like hey, they have a Shane, we made We made our calls last week. What would you have predicted for this series before it started? Man, uh, be before, honest. Come on. <laughs> before it started, I would have said golden state in six. Okay. Yeah. That's what all the smart people are That's saying. Pretty, that, Shay, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, you got to look at it this way, too. I mean, yeah, Toronto has home court advantage, but this game six, if it goes to game six, will be the very last game in Oracle Arena. Right. Right. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be kind of a nice way to go out. So, Shay, let's, let's go back to the Eastern Conference uh, once again on the road that got us here. Um, we had um, – I'm going to draw a blank. The game Milwaukee, winner, Toronto, Milwaukee. No, no, but, but the game winner in, in Portland over the, uh, the Oklahoma city thunder who hit the shot. Um, jeez. Oh, uh, CJ McCollum, right? Yeah. No, the, yeah. the, the other guy, the, the other Dame, guy, Dame, Dame, Dame Lillard. So Lillard hits oh. the, it's the long shot to win the series. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I want you to compare that one to Kawhi Leonard's shot to win the Sixers <laughs> series. <laughs> The one that hit the rim like five Ooh, or six times. Tough. Yeah, that's tough. Man, Man that, that, was... ball, that <laughs> ball wouldn't leave the rim. It just went in and out and in and on top and around and yeah. then finally went in. That, that, that one was tough. I think Dame's shot was more special um, because Dame wanted that moment. He embraced that moment. I think Kawhi's shot was more so everyone knew the ball was going to Kawhi and it was just a matter of him to make a play. I think yeah. – Dame, no one believed he was going to shoot from that far out. No one believed he was going to shoot, period, much less right. shoot from that far out. Right. So exciting. Then they, they go down 2-0 to Milwaukee. Uh, they lose both games in Milwaukee, and then they come back and, and win the next four to get to where they're at now. Uh, so they come in on quite a hot streak. Uh, they come in, um, and, and once again, Golden State, uh, we've seen this in, in hockey and, and basketball up to this point. Uh, Golden State sweeps Portland, sits – sits for a week. Um, a lot of people thought Kevin Durant might come back, um, but he's still out. Boogie Cousins did a long time one. Um, what, what did you see in game one, Shay, that, that, that makes you think Toronto might have a chance to, to win four and, and, and have the title? Other than they won. 
Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you uh, I'll give you two things. The one thing that I saw game one was Mark Gasol. And it, you see it with the Blazers, and I think you're seeing it right now in Toronto. Mark Gasol was an addition that the, that the, uh, the Raptors made at the trade deadline to, to acquire him from Memphis. And Mark Gasol played out of his mind. I mean, Mark Gasol put up, what, 20, 20 and 7, 20 and 8? And I think Marcus Gasol single-handedly is the reason for Boogie Cousins getting the minutes that he's getting in game two because you've got to find a way to neutralize Marcus Gasol. And he's one of the, the big factors that helped Toronto get past, uh, get past Milwaukee. They went big with Gasol and Ibaka and Siakam on the court at the same time. It forces you to kind of change what you're doing offensively um, because they've got a wall of defenders on the inside, so you're forced to kind of shoot more outside shots. Um, so Marcus Gasol is definitely a key there. Um, I was talking to one of my buddies um, last week, uh, Ghani Lawal, played at Georgia Tech. He actually played for Nick Nurse uh, when he was in Iowa with the Iowa Energy, uh, won a championship with Nick Nurse. And, and Ghani told a funny story, man. Ghani said, Nurse is a nurse is a player's coach, right? He said that he remembered the time that he was on a bus and they were coming from somewhere, some road game, and they were in the G League. And all the guys were kind of on their phones and kind of sad because it was at the time of the year where the guys are getting call-ups to come to the NBA. And Gandhi didn't get the call-up, and a couple other guys didn't get the call-up, and they had just lost a game. And nobody cared about the game. They were more called. They were more worried about who got the call and who didn't get the call for the NBA. And so it's a nurse gets on the bus. Nick Nurse gets on the bus, and he hears guys chattering, and he just loses it. And, and you would think a coach would lose it because you're not concerned with the loss. But it was personal for Nick. And that's what Ghani said to me then. He said, Nick wasn't upset that we lost. Nick was like, what about me? Like, I'm putting in the work, too. I've been grinding for years. I've won two Euro Leagues. Like, I've, I've, I've won with the D League. I'm putting in work. I can't even put together a solid team because every two weeks I've got guys leaving my roster, going to the <laughs> league, and they may come back and they may not come back. But those growing pains and those challenges for Nick early on that helps out now when he's looking at his first finals, his first year as an NBA coach, much less his first finals as an NBA coach, like how to prepare to change at the drop of a dime. That's cool. That's, that's, that's a great insight. Yeah. that uh, makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, so Shay, what do you think needs to happen for golden state? You know, I mean, obviously it, you, you thought game one was probably going to go Toronto's way. I mean, they, they, they play all season. They have the best record in the NBA. Uh, I'll jump in real quick, Sean, before you finish that thought. As, again, I'm an NBA fan, but I don't study it hard. I felt like game one was a must win for Toronto, right? Even though they had the best record, just rolling off of Golden State's mojo and vibe and how successful they are, um, it just felt like it was a must win. So they won, which is awesome, and, and, and Toronto seems to be doing well. Um, I don't know, Bill. Don't give up on Golden State yet, right? But um, it's just to me, it felt like a must win. Am I crazy, Shay? No, I, I don't think you're crazy at all. They say a series doesn't start until you beat the team on a, until you beat the team on their home court. And so I think that Toronto had to do what they had to do to win Game One, and you, you almost need to win Game Two as well, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. it's going to be hard to still win when you go over to Oracle, especially with it being the last year at Oracle. Yep. Those guys play so well at home. And Golden State's a momentum team, right? Once they get that momentum going, where they're, they're they're feeling a little more comfortable, they're hard to stop, right? Yeah, you can never relax. Like I said, 17, 18, and 17. Yeah. They were down 17, 18, and 17 in the Western Conference Finals, and they were never sweating. They were never afraid. <laughs> you can yeah. never relax when you play those guys. Shea, Without where, Kevin where Durant. Does, where does that come <laughs> from? Is that come from the players? Does that come from Kerr, who's been there and done that as both a coach and a, a player? It's a culture. Uh, it's a culture. Exactly. Exactly, Todd. Yeah. It, it, it's it's a culture. It's confidence, and yeah, a lot of it comes from Kerr, who's been there, been there as a player. But he he instills that in those guys, and he instills that confidence in order to you know just go play, be free. And he he's a free guy, and just you're never down too far. You've been here before. This team's all they know is championships. All they know is finals. They've been to the NBA finals every year for the last what four years. This number five, yeah. <laughs> Isn't also chemistry and, uh, I mean, confidence. I mean, one, one of those guys is more confident than next. I mean, Steph Curry, he handles it well, but, I mean, <laughs> he's scared of nothing. Clay, Clay is the silent assassin. Draymond is the, the you know, outspoken kind of in-your-face guy. I mean, you got up and down the line, they're just confident. They, they, just, they never feel like they're out of it, right? 
Oh, yeah, and there's Durant waiting in the wings to come in. But it, it's something that we saw here, we saw in the Western Conference Finals. It's, it's, it's confidence, it's chemistry, it's cohesiveness. When Kevin Durant goes down, you're like, oh, man, like maybe this team's vulnerable. Kevin Durant's arguably the best offensive player in the world. But those guys, the core, have been there for so long. They've been through so much. And it's almost at times they look better without Kevin Durant. <laughs> Because they're so, they know where each other are going to be. It's just like, it's a beautiful game. It's like they're, they're dancing. They're dancing yeah. offensively, hitting their spots, and they don't have to look around. They know where they're going to be. My, my son argued that they're better without Durant, which I couldn't argue against him, right? <laughs> their record's sure pretty good without him. I mean, I don't know. You want, you want depth and as many weapons as possible, but he was like, even if Durant doesn't come, they're still favored to win and should win, in his opinion. Shade, is, is there, you know, it seems to me like Toronto, and, and look, Toronto's a great team, they have best record in the NBA, but it's like when Kentucky goes into an arena to play someone and they get their best game, right, when they play Auburn, when they play Mississippi State, and the fans are going to go crazy. Does, you know, when they get to Oracle, does, does, does Golden State relax a little bit? Do they come out hot? I mean, they have such no, – they have no presence in the center of the court in the paint right now. Uh, and it's funny that Durant's not a, a paint player, but when Durant's on the court, it, it does uh, change the, the dynamic of the game. Um, you know, Toronto's got some big players with Siakam and Gasol, and Kawhi is no stranger to the paint. So, you know, what do you think changes when they go to, to Oracle? That rim becomes a lot softer. <laughs> <laughs> the home bounce, right? The home bounce. <laughs> No, it's just something about being at home, man. You can relax. You're in your own locker room. You're in your own treatment room. You're in. You're sleeping in your own bed. You know that court a little bit better than the next. I mean, they're all. I mean, they're all the same size, but you know that court a little bit better than the next when you're at home. Um, and like I said, it's a lot of size. Toronto has a lot of size. I mean, we forget Serge Ibaka. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys remember when Serge Ibaka was in Oklahoma City. They used to call him Serge Ibaka. Because he was just such a defensive presence. And, um, and, and so you force Golden State to maybe not get inside. They're shooting a little bit more threes. And when you're at home, you shoot a little, with a little bit more confidence when you shot that shot, you know, 10,000 times. Reminds you of the Hoosiers uh, uh, scene, right, Sean? <laughs> the, the tape measure. <laughs> yeah. Goals 10 foot tall. Yeah, that's, that's a great scene when they walk in there looking at the, uh, the field, Hinkle Fieldhouse. In yeah. Indiana. Yep. Ollie, get up on his shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I, I got a question that's not X and O's. Um, we can still talk about that, but if we're not, I got a question for Shay and the group. Um, wh- what do you think about the Drake factor? Um, love it, hate it, annoying, and we're a little older than you are. Uh, how much does he remind you of Spike Lee in the Knicks? That's, those are my two questions. Yeah, that's so, the fun. That's the fun part. I, I mean, I, I grew up watching Spike Lee, you know, and Reggie Miller and Reggie hitting a big shot and turning around and giving the, yeah. the choke sign to Spike. Like I grew up on that era and and Drake, for what is worth, is the closest thing that we have right now to that super fan that was mm-hmm. Spike Lee that would pay any price to sit courtside on away games and home games just to root on his beloved Knicks, you know, like Drake's the closest thing we have to it. So I embrace it. Now, I think you go a little far when you, you go over to the coach and you start to kind of interfere with the game. But, you know, it's kind of cool to see that super fan. And the NBA, I think, welcomes it at the same time. I mean, it's one of the only sports where those guys are up close and personal. Like, you hear them, you see them. You, you can almost, you know, feel the energy coming off of them when you're that close. So, I'm okay with it. As a Toronto guy, are you worried about the, the Drake curse? You've heard about the Drake curse, right? <laughs> Uh, I'm not worried about it, man. I, <laughs> did you but, see the heavyweight I'm, boxing uh, fight last night? Did you guys see? I did. Yeah. <laughs> Drake backed the, uh, the one guy. I forget his oh, name. Oh, Anthony Joshua. Yeah. 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 And he <laughs> yeah, lost Joshua. to, uh, the only Mexican heavyweight champ. <laughs> Big upset. But, but what about oh, Drake's, what does a Drake have a, a Kevin Durant and a Steph Curry tattoo? How does he handle that with a Toronto fan? He does. <laughs> He's got Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. So Drake might be a bit of a front runner, I'm thinking. Not, no, he's a Toronto guy for sure. I know. No, I'm just saying. Back yeah. in the when you have a, when you Toronto have another man's face tattooed on you, you've got a whole other set of issues. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's at Y two Shay. Yeah, funny. super funny. Yeah. I, I, I think it's great, but I, I'm with Shay. I think he crosses a line sometimes. I'm like, just stay away from the bench and yeah. be, be the guy cheering and, and maybe getting in the. And, yeah, it's so different now, Todd. You know the way the NBA arenas are set up now, where you got the bench and you got those little luxury seats between the bench and the scoreboard and the, and the like announcers and the and the you know the where you go to check into the game. Yeah. There's you know Spike Lee was always just on the other side of the court, and there was never there was there was bench. <laughs> And there was a long table, and there was a bench. Here we'll know? go. We'll go old school on uh, on Shea. That's where Diane Cannon and Jack Nicholas or Jack Nicholson sat for the Lakers <laughs> right. back in 1982. Right. Showtime. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Look up Diane Cannon, but make sure it's like 27 Shea, year old. What's, Shea, what's the name of the uh, the guy that, that is like the cowboy that wears like the the, the tassels? Oh man! And, oh uh, man! He's, he's like he's like the NBA super fan, right? Like he, I mean, he used to go to every game in the 90s and, and early 2000s. Oh, man. If you wouldn't have asked me, I could have told you his name. He still goes to every game. So what he does, he um, he, he buys one <laughs> He wears seat. the fringe on the on the jacket. Yeah, and it's always with a nice fancy hat. He's yeah. always wearing a hat. Um, and, and boots. He's always in leather boots, really fancy leather <laughs> boots, too. He buys one ticket. It has to be a courtside ticket. He always travels alone. And during the playoffs, he likes to go to a game, a home game of every team that are in the playoffs. Wow. So if you look around, he's actually an L.A. guy. He used to be a slumlord in L.A. I can't think of his name either. Um, it it really? slips me. Real estate. Yeah. This money. Real estate. It's like, the, it's like the Marlins man. The guy that sits behind home plate at every – all the who's the uh, playoff games in baseball. Oh, who's the rainbow? Where's the Marlins shirt? 316. Uh, uh, he might have pa- passed away. That's going old school. <laughs> I think he's gone. Hey, John, true story. John, John 316. Yeah. yeah. Sean Carpenter dressed up for Halloween as the rainbow wig John 316. Nice. <laughs> it's a pretty easy costume to make. You just like write John 316 on a t-shirt and find a rainbow wig. Well, he decided to go topless. He just said, oh, you're, even better. Go to the next level. You, do you, yeah. it on, you put it on your chest. I That's wore the rainbow awesome. wig to the Gator games. Yes, I did. That's awesome. <laughs> so, That's cool. All right, guys. Let's, uh, any, any other sports stories out there that you saw this week that you liked? Um. Uh, in the last 36 women's majors, 18 of oh, them yeah. have been won by somebody from South Korea. Yeah. <laughs> how about that little thing called the French Open got going? That's amazing. Right? Oh, how about the upsets yesterday? My wife was giddy with one of them. Osaka? Osaka, Osaka and, and Serena out in straight sets, Ooh. both of them. So uh, the men are kind of following right along. Uh, they had a five-hour and 11-minute match today. Warenka, with, uh, right? Warenka and Sitsipas. Yeah, and Warenka held on. The old man was able to beat the kid, so. Um, hey, Bill, that was speaking, kind of fun. Speaking of the Women's U.S. Open in Charleston, um, yeah. the winner's name is Lee Six with a six behind her name. What is that? I, I have no idea, but she also has blonde hair. So maybe yeah. she just kind of did something kind of cool with her name because she's. Well, you know, and, and I saw Hank Haney kind of tweeted out that, you know, oh, he's hmm. kind of, uh, you know, he's he, in trouble. He's well, in he got trouble. in trouble, but but he came out and he said, I, I think my statement last week, maybe I didn't say it the right way. But I kind of proved that I was right by saying it'll probably be a Korean because well, Joe, Joe Buck said it the right way at the end of the tournament today when he said he just said, "Hey, here's the numbers. At the last 36 majors, 18 of them have been won by South Koreans." Then mm-hmm. that's just a, that's a that's an interesting number. But you can't. I think the way he said it was, he didn't say yeah. someone named Lee would win it. He said the top six will be named Lee. He, no, he, he said really, I. I, <laughs> like, I yeah. think pretty sure he was. He went up a, a little. He didn't above. say the top six. He said he said the the winner will probably be named Lee, and I think I have six to choose from, uh, or something or like that. Something. Yeah, it was yeah. a little over the a little yeah. over the line. Yeah. yeah, but that's all right. And he's, For sure. Uh, uh, crazy old men get away with murder. Yep. Well, and, and they they um <laughs> they they handle it. They handle it. You know the PGA um yeah. uh, the channel. Um, they took care of it. Took, took him off the air for a while, and we'll see what yeah, happens. He'll be back. Um, but, yeah. And uh, so we got, what, three Father's Day. And, and Bill, uh, now that you're on the East Coast, this will be your first uh, U.S. Open that will be primetime. Oh, that's right, because right, it's over in uh, is it Pebble. Oh, it's Pebble. Yeah. yeah, they were East Coast last two, so I can't yeah. – so it'll be 9 o'clock at night when it's, it finishes. It's fantastic. Oh, my gosh. I can't uh, I can't <laughs> wait. Great. No, they don't – yeah, they don't even tee off until like 7.30. Because think about that, the, the leaders will go off at, at, at you know June, technically June nineteenth, the longest day of the year. Wow. So they won't even tee off till three o'clock at, in in California, which is six o'clock <laughs> our time. Oh my yeah, gosh, so that's good. Awesome. Yeah, I can get in thirty six awesome. holes that Sunday. Is what you're telling me? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Awesome. So so let's let's go around the horn and uh, talk about what's going on this week, and uh, and then we'll plan on next week's. Uh, hopefully, having all four of us back next week. Shay, what do you got coming up this week, bud? Uh, uh, your season's done. What what does your attention turn to? 
Well, first thing, Jimmy Goldstein, the guy's name. That's it. That's uh, it. Yeah. Jimmy Goldstein's the guy's name. Have you uh, ever met that him? That one slipped me. Yeah, I have actually. Last year during the playoffs, I met him. He came to a game. Nice. So he's got nice a Jimmy guy, Goldstein actually. tattoo on his arm, but we're not going to bring that up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to. I wanted to call out. I'm. I'm see if I can catch a game pretty soon. I missed a game yesterday. Yesterday, the Portland Timbers hosted their first home game of the year. And this is the craziest thing, and I'm, I'm bringing this up because the MLS season, they're like 13 games down. The yeah. first 12, 13 games were on the road because they were doing renovations uh, to the pitch here in Portland. Wow. So, <laughs> wow. so Portland actually hosts 18 out of the next 22 games because they played the first 12 on the road. <laughs> Mark, <laughs> Mark, 10 months from today, I bet there's a baby boom uh, amongst the soccer team. <laughs> I just imagine. I just imagine. <laughs> but I've, I've never seen that in any professional sports. You essentially play half of your fir- the first half of your season on the road yeah. and the next half of your season at home. That's crazy to me. I see some crazy. Yeah, go ahead, Todd. Even the United, um, they played at Georgia Tech when the, the Mercedes-Benz was getting renovated. So I'm surprised they didn't have an alternative uh, venue. So that's yeah, weird. There have been some crazy road trips in baseball for like, I remember a, a, a Democratic or Republican National Convention, I think at the Astrodome. And the Astros had to go on the road for this massive you know, road trip. And they just agreed to do it. You know, because- there's there's one team in the NBA bill that, that's known for their for their thing, right? Shay, the 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 Spurs, uh, the rodeo, the oh, rodeo, yeah. yeah. And they, they go for, for I think twenty twenty some days where they're on and the road. They're gone, yep. Yep, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and, and Bill, Bill, I got to assume for the ticket guys, you know, you're looking at those little schedules. You're like, wow, we got three weeks with no games. That's awesome. You know? dude. And it's, it's the best <laughs> feeling ever if you're in a ticket office. It also means you're going to be working your ass off for like a three week stretch, right? Eh, whatever. <laughs> 13 straight games. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. No, guys, I just wanted to call that out. Um, man, I'm enjoying summer, man. It's like 76 degrees and no rain every day for like the next week and a half. Fingers crossed. So I'm going to enjoy it. Nice. That's awesome. Todd, what about you, bud? What's, what's up in the ATL? Well, I will uh, I'll recap a thought, and then I'll tie it into sports and, and, and business and life. So uh, going back to Liverpool's uh, victory yesterday, um, this was an epic season they had overall. They only lost once in the Premier League all year, um, but they came up short. So there's a lot of pressure on them to win yesterday, just to have something to show for the season. Uh, for the season, so I'm a believer. No one deserves anything. Anything you have to go and get it. Um, but after the result, watching Liverpool, uh, I felt like they deserved to walk away with with some some trophy. So tying back into life, I'm trying to apply that to work. Um, we don't deserve anything as well as we have things set up for the year. Um, there's six months, well, seven months, I guess, June first. Um, but uh, my year set up really well, but. Um, until the calendar turns 2020, um, we don't, we don't deserve anything. We got to go out and get it. So I was thinking about that this morning. I, I was going to make a, a carps corner, but I think somebody <laughs> has that, has that trademark. So I didn't want to do that. Um, so business, uh, as usual this week and next weekend, uh, my son's first summer club lacrosse tournament in Woodstock, Georgia. So looking forward to that summer. So they've been out of school one week and, uh, here we go. We're off to, uh, to, to sports already. So looking forward to it. I'm a man. Todd put those business thoughts on paper, man. Todd's Tribune. Bill and I would. <laughs> I like, I like, I like Todd's toll road. It's even. <laughs> <laughs> Help Shay. I don't know what you're talking about. Help. <laughs> Bill, what about you, man? First of all, how, how'd you, how'd you play in golf today? Uh, shot another 78, Sean, 30 points again. Uh, nice. I was one shot out of a, there were three guys tied for first one shot ahead of me. Mm. so a solo fourth um okay. but I, I won a skin i won money in my local i think i come came up uh 95 bucks to the, to the you plus. got a skin no, no nobody cut you huh no i birdied the first hole which is a very simple par four and sometimes they stand up it was great then i birdied 10 as well which is that's a, the one that dog lays right by the uh by the lake the yeah. yeah yeah i just hit a, 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 a hit a five wood and a wedge to about 12 feet made the putt and then no one else out of 35 guys could do the same and then and then i birdied 10 that real tough Part five, you know, it's really narrow driving, but dog leg right, water down the right. You got to carry a, a, a waste area and uh, hit that thing to about 15 feet and made that putt. And, and you know, look, I played really, really well. I had a couple stupid shots. And uh, you can't sit there and kind of wonder, you know, oh, if I just would have made that putt because there was that chip I hit that stopped two inches from the hole that I probably should have not 
hard, right? right. <laughs> you got to, it always adds up. And everybody who was plus four probably had three shots they could think of. It's the hardest part of that game, right? Is the what ifs. Um, so you can tell I've gotten over it kind of. Uh, <laughs> so that was fun. Thanks for asking. And uh, let's see. I want to comment something quickly on Todd, something I'm going to work on this week. And it's pretty much a done deal already. But since we're talking about this week is I am planning a trip to Liverpool to go get a picture in front of their fair football stadium for Todd. I'm going to get a selfie of me (laughs) in front of, uh, and what's it called? Uh, Infield. 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 Yeah. And maybe even, you know, if I can pull a Sean Carp and his brother kind of a thing, try to work my way into the park. Get inside there, baby. Never know. Are you, are you going really? You're going? Yeah. We'll be in uh, Chatsworth. We'll be less than an hour away from Liverpool on, um, our trip up into the countryside where Cindy wants to go see a couple movie sets, you know, old, you know, things built in the 1500s that were in pride and prejudice and stuff. So we're going. When are you going, Bill? Uh, we leave June 29th. We'll be gone the wow. entire first week of July. We'll be spending July 4th over in uh, England. So that'll be fun. Hey, so. From a sports point of view, um, and again, I'm known that's not why you're going, but uh, Everton is also a soccer club in Liverpool. Awesome. And apparently, they're so close. It's like an aerial view. It's mind boggling how close, how close this is. That's awesome. Yeah. So when you're there, look for that. I think that's the other stadium. Cindy, Cindy was looking them up and she mentioned another name. I go, no, it's, it's, that's it's good, not it. Um, good, good something park. Uh, okay. I can look it up. Yeah, it's yeah, Everton's home stadium. So we're, we're planning the trip out. And so that was a big part of today. That's like awesome. Looking at maps. That's awesome. It's going to be a blast. Um, this week on the real estate sessions, uh, Sean, it's, uh, Leslie Heindel out of oh, New Orleans. Yeah. Right yeah. So it's Lisa's daughter. I think you might know Lisa uh-huh. Heindel. A I know bit. Lisa. Yeah. And Leslie is really funny. Great writer. Really good blog. Um, it's Nola something Nola. I'm going to slip my mind. I feel bad, but her, her company's with her mom is Crescent city living uh-huh. and they're yeah. both great bloggers. And, uh, so that's the episode that's coming up this week. Uh, and, and then I've got, um, this week, it's a little bit of, we've got a couple new employees starting. And so we started a new onboarding process. And part of that involves me taking them to lunch somewhere in their first week. So we really get to know who these people are. Because sometimes we just hire, you know, a front desk person or a, a, a processor. And, you know, we don't really give them the recognition they deserve for joining the greatest title insurance company in the world. Well, if, if they want breakfast, I know a good little diner in uh, St. Really? Pete. What's the name of it? I have no idea, but it's... <laughs> Central Coffee. Central Coffee. <laughs> no uh, and I, look, I'm telling you, Sean. I'm sure, there's a Jenny's around there, Bill. That you can Sean, check. you're you're going to be here in um, second in week, third week of August. You're going to yeah. be in St. Pete, and I know somebody who lives six hours away who could be here in St. Pete that same time or that same weekend. And I know another guy who could probably leave Portland in August and come to St. Pete. So Southwest Southwest converges in Tampa. Oh, right? it just stops every everything flies to Tampa. So you'd be thinking about it, boys. Just yeah. think about it. All right. Would be fun. We could do it live. Oh my God. Uh, round table. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we're coming to a realtors convention. Shay and I. No, no, no. We'd be coming to St. Pete. <laughs> the convention's in Orlando. We're not, it's after the convention's over. Jay's <laughs> like, like Kentucky Derby, Vegas. Florida yes. Realtors Convention. St. <laughs> Pete in August. Hey, it's like, eh, three, hey, hey. <laughs> it's on the water. So there's a sea breeze. It's a cool breeze. Every every cool. Exactly. Exactly. What Three men and a shaby. That'd be good. <laughs> Three men and a shaby. Did you get that? Wow. Yeah, we got it. Oh boy. Uh, for me, Bill, just reach in there. Just, just want to drop in, uh, not not to not to uh, in any way, because I've played the course where you dropped your seventy eight. Uh, I had a little seventy five today. It was one of the ugliest seventy oh. fives I've had in a while. Uh, wow. It was on the gray course, um, so it was thirty eight, thirty seven. Uh, but it was just just. My pars were ugly pars. My bogeys were bad bogeys. Boy, I shot a 75. How many, How many birdies? <laughs> the 18th hole. Made, made a 15-footer right up the hill. And, and, uh, and I ate 17, a little par three down the hill. I hit it literally like two and a half feet and had this like four-inch breaking putt, and I missed it. Uh, just, you know, uh, greens so are really – 17 pars and a birdie? Is that what you're saying? No, I had six bogeys and a birdie. Oh, bogeys. Okay, yeah, Monday. Six Monday. bogeys and a birdie. But, nice. Uh, yeah, so it was, it was fun, but you know the difference between the two courses. Uh, Scarlet on Friday in my in my club match, uh, I won one up on the 18th hole. But it was one of those matches though where you, you know why you're you have a day job. Uh, like every time my opponent would hit it in the bunker, I would like hit it in the trees, you know. And every time he miss a putt, I miss one, you know. It just no one could go through the door. Um, but uh, but you're still playing. What 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 are you in the round of what? How many players? Are uh, I, well, I mean. You're in the- I'm in the MGA, the Men's Golf Association match play, and I'm also in the club match play. Okay. So I've advanced in both uh, to the next round. So Nice. 
Yep, we'll see what happens. And then a quick, quick side note for, from a, a former stare down guest. I uh, had had brunch today at the OSU golf course with Shay with a uh, with um, uh, Trey Rogers and his wife. And oh, his, nice! Uh, He's in town. Huh? They were in Cincinnati for a wedding, and so they uh, they they were passing back through, and and we had lunch with them, and uh, so happened that Riley was able to join us, and then Ryan was up there practicing, so so they got to meet the whole family. And he didn't deliver a Mazda to you. <laughs> not, yet, not yet, but we talked about it. Yeah. Okay, good. good. We talked about it. So um, for me this week, guys, really quick, uh, I'm heading over to Cooperstown, New York, uh, flying, oh. to Al- flying to Albany on Tuesday, uh, drive across to Cooperstown. I, sh- I should get in about two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm going to try and get a little afternoon walk through the baseball cafe, good. baseball hall of fame cafe, um, the baseball <laughs> hall of fame. And um, I think there's some summer little league tournaments going on. I'll probably just walk around the town that, that evening. Uh, should be some nice weather. I'll probably be playing on the field. that's right behind the Hall of Fame. It's yeah, right there yeah. As well. One of our one of our local teams was there. Uh, nice. I saw on Facebook uh, was playing in a mat, in a game today. So I speak to the Delaware Otsego Board of Realtors on on Wednesday. Right there, hard on Lake Otsego. There's yep. a lake there, yeah. And there's a really famous museum over there. Is it the firefighters or the Tupperware? I can't remember which one it is. It's one of those two. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so that should be fun. And then, uh, and then I get to come back on Friday for a closing. So um, I'll look forward to, to listening to the podcast. Todd and, and Shay, I'll look forward to seeing some successes from you guys on social media and or our stare down tweet stream. Uh, but for Shay and for Todd and for Bill, I'm Sean Carpenter. Thanks for listening to this week's stare down.